Thanks for tuning in to 15 Minutes with Fuzz. I have to admit something to you when it comes to two things in life. Snow removal and lawn care. I completely geek out. Like, a lot. I promise you this episode is going to be interesting to you, even if you aren't a snow and grass nerd like me. Even if you hate snow removal and lawn mowing like some do, and I understand. Um, You will like this episode, I promise. Aaron Rodman, the owner and president of Extra Mile Snowplowing in West Bend, joins me this week to talk snowplowing. We tackle questions like, why did I get plowed in? And why is there so much salt on the ground? And can you come plow my driveway? Uh, It was a lot of fun. I went over by like five minutes, but I won't charge you for it. Without any more introduction, here's Aaron Rodman of Extra Mile Snow Plowing on 20, on 15 Minutes with Fuzz. All right, so Aaron, let's talk a little bit about the background on you and Extra Mile. How long has Extra Mile Snow Plowing been in business? Uh, so Extra Mile Snow Plowing has been in business about 10 years. Prior to that, it was Extra Mile Landscaping, okay. and we did a little mix of both. But for the last 10 years, the focus has been getting to pretty much snow only, and we've been there for about five years. So during the summertime and all that stuff, you're working on getting ready for the winter? Yeah, it's very much like a farmer. You got, okay. um, you know, the farmers are not sitting around doing nothing all winter. They yeah. got all their broken stuff from the summer to fix up, lots of planning, pla- uh, planning, getting their seeds together, no sitting around. They sure. still got 40 plus hours a week of work to do. It's yeah. just not quite as stressful. Working on contracts and bidding and all that good stuff. Yeah, a lot of meeting with customers and whatnot. Sure. Um, how, what kind of area does Extra Mile serve? Uh, we've got one of the greatest service areas in the industry. We only cover West Bend. Oh, like, really? Okay. Yeah, probably about a five mile radius of downtown West Bend. Oh, excellent. Okay. So real tight, you can control uh, travel distance and all that stuff. So Yeah, we, we don't even trailer our machines. They, everything's just driven from site to site. We use very few trucks because everything's close enough that we can get loaders and skid loaders just right next door to the place they're already doing. Oh, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so do you only do commercial lots or do you also do residential stuff? Uh, we do some residential. Uh, as far as like single family houses, we got a couple routes that are pretty much from about 18th Avenue West, kind of okay. around the lakes. And some of those we've had for almost 20 years. Okay. Uh, and we really enjoyed doing those. But the majority of our work, probably about 98% of it is commercial with a couple condo associations and homeowner associations mixed in there. Um, a lot of times, if you're in the West Bend area, you'll see a big uh, plow laying in a parking lot during the winter with Extra Mile logo on the side. Um, for the listeners, why do you leave those plows there? Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, honestly, it's strictly for convenience sake. Um, rather than have all of them start at our shop on the south end of town, then have to drive all the way to the north end of town. Operator shows up right there. He's ready to start plowing within about five minutes after the engine warms up and uh, just stored right on site. How did you get started doing this? I got started with a uh, 21-inch Murray lawnmower that I had bought from Fleet Farm from for doing my own house with. I, I had another job and I was mowing some lawns on the side. People would say, hey, do you know how to do this kind of landscaping? And that's how I think I can figure it out. And this was before Google. So mm-hmm. I would go to the library, get a book, read how to do it, and, or go to Home Depot, buy a how-to book, read it. And yeah, I can figure that out. And it's just people kept asking, can you do this? Can you do that? But I always liked the snow plowing. And sure. The, 
Um, initially, we couldn't even afford a, a truck with a snowplow. So for the first several years, actually my wife and I initially would uh, snowblow some small parking lots and a bunch of houses. We had a couple larger parking lots that we would subcontract someone else to plow, and then we would do all the handwork and use yeah. a push salter to get it cleared up. And eventually we were able to buy a truck and it kind of just kept growing from there. How many people now work for you? It varies pretty substantially throughout the year. And okay. Year round, we have five full-time and two part-time guys. Okay. Uh, but in season for us, which would be winter, we run 50 guys every storm. Oh, really? Okay. Gu- guys and gals. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, running trucks and skid loaders and wheel yeah, loader uh, stuff. Yeah. Th- th- those big loaders you see in the parking lots, the mm-hmm. skid loaders, we got some mid-sized ones. We just picked up one that has a 24-foot plow. That's We can't wait to try that thing out. <laughs> sure. Uh, we're still kids in that way. Uh, <laughs> Are you doing the airport or? <laughs> uh, no, no. The Parks Department does the airport. Okay. We used to do the National Guard. It would have been nice oh, really? out there, but yeah. Parks Department does that too, I believe. Um, but then, then we have a lot of half-ton pickup trucks running around, some red and white ones you might see throughout town. I uh, usually have two or three people in there to do all the shoveling and snow blowing around the around the buildings and get it so that people can walk in without slipping. Yeah, very good. And then uh, what is it that you love about your career? I like the difference. Um, even when I was, uh, how it's different so often, even when I was landscaping, right around the time I'd be starting to get bored, it was time to move on to another project. Uh, with this, every, every storm is different. Um, it's My job ends up being very much like a coach or like a uh, I have a small background in some incident command training, uh, just very little, but this is v- very similar in a lot of ways. Um, we, we have uh, foremen who oversee different mm-hmm. different guys on the routes in different sections of town, and uh, everyone needs to communicate with the kind of right uh, chain of command, or it just ends up being a big mess. Uh, one of the things that draws people to our company as as an employee, I think, is that we are a little more organized and things aren't as scattershot as with some other companies. And and for that reason, we kind of use an incident command system. I, and I, I, I enjoy that. And I, I enjoy the challenge. Um, other companies dread having a one foot or 18 inch snowfall. Sure. I, I dream about it. I, I, <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, just about anyone can plow an inch and a half of snow and get it done for you in seven in the morning. Uh, but when we get six, eight, 10 a foot of wet, heavy snow, that's where we really stand head and shoulders above the competition. And I, I love driving through town and saying, look at those lots. They look awesome. Those are ours. Ooh, those ones over there, <laughs> they must've hired somebody else. Sure. Yeah, that definitely. And, um, I think those big ones, so I plowed when I was a kid, but I still tell the story of some of those events. And I think, I think it's partially that, um, I mean, even though it's, it's challenging and there's stuff to overcome, you still make those stories during those events. Like I remember, uh, New Year's Eve of the year 2000 when we got hit with like 30 inches of snow. Mm-hmm. I remember that was crazy <laughs> and it was fun and it was awesome. And uh, oh, that's great. So what would be your craziest behind the plow story that you could tell? Um, crazy is a pretty relative term. Okay. We've, we've got somewhere I've gotten injured and sure, smacked okay. my face in the windshield or uh, I had a, as we're driving down the road with a, with a payloader, it, it, it caught a little manhole cover and ended up twisting the entire machine and all the all, every piece of glass on the oh machine gosh. imploded onto me. Um, but but my, my favorite one, it's really not that crazy. It was on uh, 2nd Avenue, right behind the Amity Apartments. We used to plow those. And the, uh, the city had not plowed the road behind it yet. And there was a car stuck in about a foot of snow. And I went back there just to give them some help. I kind of pulled around the car, plowed a lane so they could get out, and then went behind them, gave a little push. They got onto the cleared area and just went up to the window to say hi have a nice day 
And uh, there's there's a husband, real young husband and wife, and a brand new baby, like oh. uh, two days old, okay. in, in the back. And the lady looks up at me. She says, "I swear you're an angel." I mean, obviously <laughs> not an angel, but she she just she's like, "We were on our way home from the hospital. We just we haven't even made it home yet, and we're stuck oh in the street." Brand new baby, didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden we look up and this guy in the truck's clearing this out, gives us a push. And that in, oh, in the 20 awesome. years I've been doing it, that's that's probably, it's not crazy, but it's, right. it's my no, favorite. No, it's, yeah, I, no, I, that, I haven't forgotten it. No, that's a great story. That's a great story. That uh, I, I was holding my breath thinking that you were going to say she was in labor. <laughs> no, 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 but actually now that I think of it, you know, this is probably at least 15, maybe 17 years ago. Um, you know, that kid might be listening or maybe yeah. the mom is, I don't know. Very, yeah, yeah totally, <laughs> I have no totally. clue who it was. Um, they named the baby Aaron. <laughs> I don't uh, think we got that far <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> they, they named that baby extra mile. Um, <laughs> um, so talking about plowing and stuff, um, a lot of people have questions and maybe those who haven't had the experience of plowing or sitting behind the wheel and knowing kind of the stress and the strategy of snow plowing wanted to talk about a few of the questions that listeners might have or maybe even some tips that might help them out so like if you live in an apartment or condo or work at a company with a big parking lot where's the best place to park during a snow event probably even more important than knowing where the best place to park is (laughs) is knowing where the worst place to park is yes yes (laughs) but uh um (laughs) The best place to park would be if there's a bank of parking stalls that's already plowed out, Mm -hmm. go park in there. Um, Some of the really bad places to park are right in front of the machine as it's moving. We see that all the time. Uh, Right in front of the big snow pile where it's obvious that that's where we push the snow. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you have the ability, most apartment complexes don't. If you're able, if the city street has already been plowed and you can park over there, uh, that opens up the lot and we're able to get your spot quite a bit better. We we have times where it's a little confusing because we're there plowing, some cars pull out, and before we can even get there to plow those spots, people just pull right back onto those unplowed <laughs> spots instead right. of the 30 plowed spots that are 20 feet over. So, you know, that helps us out too if you're able to keep the unplowed areas open. Sure. Yeah. And I think uh, parking as close to the other cars too as possible so you can make a clean past instead of having the yep, that, plow between. That, that'd be a good one as well. If people can kind of park in tight groups. And yeah. then as soon as we plow, as soon as we, uh, you know, usually what ends up happening is there's two cars that are making it so I can't decently <laughs> plow half of a parking lot. And so I spend an extra half hour plowing around them. Yep. And then I finish and there's, oh, hey, we're going to come help you. And they'll move their cars to the other side. <laughs> but it's kind of too late, you know? Right. So, but in their defense, you know, I'm guessing they were probably waiting until we were done and right. wanted to be safe around the equipment sure. and whatnot. So it it goes with the territory. It's it's rare we're going to get a wide open, clear parking lot. And I'm always going to have to work around something. Yeah. yeah. It's always kind of a bit of a, uh, it's art while you're working. And, uh, <laughs> it's an and, extra challenge. You know, yeah, keeps exactly. it from getting boring. Exactly. Commercial companies typically don't plow municipal roads and, and things like that. But for those who do get plowed in, why do, why do people get plowed in? Well, we don't do much municipal plowing right. again. So, um, But just thinking from I, a... Just, like, as, for, as I drive down the streets in West Bend and see cars plowed in, yeah. it's probably because you didn't move to the correct side of the street that evening. Yeah, um, that That's usually... There, there's a couple areas where there's just... No, sometimes you have your choice in the machine if you're going to plow to the left or to the right. Sometimes you don't have an option or someone's going to get plowed in on either side. Sure. 
Some of it really is just living in Wisconsin, but I mean, if you're able to pull your car up into the driveway or you know follow this follow the times, um, I as a company, we don't plow anyone in. We've had some customers tell us in like apartment complexes, if these cars don't move, plow them in. I've got this fear that someday <laughs> I'm going to plow someone in yep. and it's going to be the night they went into labor to have a baby or right. there's an emergency and they couldn't get out. So I, we just work around them. Sure. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of municipal again, uh, and you might do this too. I don't know if you're, you're using liquids, but there, you, sometimes you'll see the city or the county spraying stuff down on the road ahead of the snow. What is that and why do they do that? Sure. I'm, I'm glad you asked that actually. We, uh, we're actually just finishing up about a, a five-year implementation plan that we had. So we are using liquids now and we've got about $100,000 invested into it. We, ma we make our own brine, uh, formulate it chemically and whatnot. And uh, kind of what that is, is to some extent, the way of the future for snow removal. The best thing I could equate it to is uh, spraying your spraying your cast iron pan with a little cooking spray before you fry some eggs in it. Sure. You can cook those eggs and it's going to be a whole lot easier to clean that pan up afterwards. The brine itself, it will melt a little bit of snow, but not to the extent where if you dumped a whole lot of rock salt on there. Sure. What, what it really does is it keeps the ice inside the snow, those ice crystals from bonding with the pavement. So it might still be pretty slushy for the beginning of the snow, but what's going to happen is when that plow comes through, it's going to get a very clean scrape. There's going to be very little residual snow and ice left on the ground, even where high traffic areas where the tires have been pressing it down into the pavement. Most of that's going to scrape off. And then once the storm is done, just a real light coat of salt or even brine again at that point, and it melts down to clear pavement. But with that technology, you're able to cut your salt usage down 30, sometimes even 40%. Yep. And then uh, that means there's that much less salt going on the ground as well, too. I'm not only just from a, a work standpoint, but from a putting salt in the environment kind of standpoint, too. That's so. absolutely correct. In some areas of the country and even in the state, like around Madison areas, mm -hmm. it, it's starting to be more regulated. Sure. Uh, here at this point, it's not. But I, I do see in the next 10 years, the, the government will be regulating the amount of salt that gets put down. It, it does end up in the soil. It ends up in the rivers. And you know, traditionally it's been the thought with salt, if a little's good, a lot is better and people would over apply, you know, you get some parking lots where it pretty much crunches as you walk in. Sure. A lot of that also has to do with frivolous lawsuits, yep. everyone wanting to protect themselves, their company, their business, their employees from that. But you really don't need that much salt to get that same effect. And with the salt brine, we've found, we've been able to cut our salt usage down by 30 to 40% over the last five years with well, using the brine as well. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, that led to another question of why do you put so much salt down on, on uh, driveways and sidewalks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the real answer on that is because we don't want anyone to slip and fall. Our yep. customer especially doesn't want anyone to slip and fall. And when you see a really heavy coating, yep. it's because they don't want someone to slip and fall immediately. They're not willing to wait another 45 minutes for it to, for it to melt. You sure. Know, picture, a, uh, especially these weekends going into Christmas, the, mm -hmm. the busiest shopping weekends of the year, uh, the department stores through town that we take care of, we need to, we call it like a zero, zero tolerance policy on, yeah. on those entryways where we want no, no ice, no snow sitting at any minute that it's a working, that the building is open so that customers can come in and out without slipping. So they're, we will, I guess, technically over apply in those areas, kind of to uh, putting extra down, knowing that there's a little more snow that's going to come to keep it bare throughout the afternoon. Sure. Yeah. And uh, is it true also that that's why some salt is blue? 
Oh, uh, no. So okay. all that, that blue does not do anything for the melting. It's, okay. it's, it's simply an indicator. It's, it's, a, it's a colorant. Sure. Um, and we, we've actually, some years with the sidewalk salt, we've switched to white. And we've had customers tell us, we want the blue stuff back because it's more visible. Mm -hmm. People feel a little bit more safe because sure. they can see that it's salted, where especially in the evening, if it's white salt, you can't see it as well. Sure. But, but there's blue, there's purple, there's red. You could make any color under the sun. Um, but that's all it is. It's an indicator. Gotcha. Okay, great. Last couple questions. What are some of the biggest things people can do to be safe around snow plows uh, during a snowstorm? Well, if I had to pick my top three, it would be distance, distance, and more distance. Okay. You know, most of our most of our equipment and trucks they're they're big, yellow, red, flashing lights, loud backup alarms. Yet every storm, we have people sneaking by with less than a foot of clearance around us. Those things are big. We could drive over a vehicle with them. Sure, there are no second chances. Mm -hmm. um, our operators are very cautious. We put backup cameras on everything, but we've had people sneak behind us faster than we're able to stop. And, you know, sure. especially when you're on icy pavement, um, especially if you're walking, mm -hmm. um, if you're walking by a truck or a piece of equipment, people have been killed because they slip and fall. Yep. And in their mind, they there was plenty of time for them to walk, even though the operator may not have been able to see them. They had plenty of time to get by, but they didn't account for the extra 30 seconds or even a minute if they broke something, if they slipped and fell, that now the person backing up uh, will have never seen you because you're laying on the ground. Sure. So, so keeping your distance for sure. And, and just general patience, you know, mm -hmm. courtesy, um, we're at work, you yep. know, usually when you, people see us, they're either coming to work, leaving work or going to a shopping store, we're at work and it's already been a stressful day. I like to do what I can to make other people's jobs easier you know, some of that reciprocated would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and a lot of times if it's been snowing all day, that can be, a, you guys have been behind the wheel for a, a long time and, and, it's, and it's hard work. Yeah, we, we have, we've, uh, have a lot of great backups and even sure. retired guys that'll help us out. So we, we try and limit it our time to around 14 hours. Okay. Um, so at that point we'll start to get some guys coming in for even mm -hmm. three, four hours. So, Hey, you go, go home, take a nap, take a shower, come on back in. If yep. it's like a two day long storm or something like that, uh, so that kind of helps limit the hours and, and people make mistakes when they're tired. So we sure. try and get people home before they get to that tired, uh, mistake laden point. <laughs> uh, speaking of working late, another question I'd often hear is why are you guys plowing the driveway in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. We've had more times than I can count. We've had people call the police on us because a snowblower is waking them up in their condo or a backup alarm. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I get fired if I don't have it cleared out by <laughs> seven in the morning when everyone right. wants to go to work. Yeah. Um, so we, as a whole, we go out when the storm is done. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple larger parking lots that we have to wait till later for the cars to clear out. But in general, if it's done at 5 p.m., we'll head out at 5 p.m. If it's done at 2 a.m., we'll head out at 2 a.m. And, mm -hmm. and get a start. But nighttime is just so much easier. There, there's no cars to work around. It's safer. It can get done faster. It can get done better. And my customers are paying us to have their lots cleared by the time they're open. Um, they're not, they, they don't want to wait till three in the afternoon to have it done. Absolutely. And then uh, final question is, uh, Hey, can you come plow my driveway? <laughs> Where do you live? Are you anywhere <laughs> near one of me or our guys? We can, uh, we can swing through, do something for you. But from, but from that perspective, um, when your guys are out plowing, I know a lot of times they probably get hit up to come. Uh, can you come do my driveway? Yeah. We'll you know, pay you. <laughs> uh, and occasionally we can. Okay. Um, so, some of our equipment is just way too big to even fit on a, on a, on a driveway or sure. to not destroy it because of the weight of it. Um, but 
in honest, all honesty, one of the hardest things with snow plowing when we get these really heavy storms is knowing we have this whole list of places that have to get done mm-hmm. in X amount of time. And all day long, I'm driving by people shoveling out five feet of snow banks from their, from their driveway. Yep. And sometimes I'll have a couple minutes free and I'll just clear that for them. Just Sure. I mean, no charge, nothing. Just just because I feel bad that it's going to take them forever. Uh, um, but then other times, it's I, uh, boy, we are already yeah. two hours behind. <laughs> and if I do one, I got to do a hundred of these. And, right. And so I'd have to. It, 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 that's not the way I work. I'm wired to help people out. So it's it's really difficult to not do that. Yeah. But but when we have time, we do. No, that's great. Uh, last question is: Are you guys hiring now? I know it's uh, we're here kind of at the start of the season and uh, are you guys always looking for more drivers and such? Yeah, I would say we are always hiring. If you came to us as a very qualified individual and we were booked up and didn't need anybody, we would make a spot for you, whether it's adding a new vehicle or, uh, or promoting someone else for you to get their spot. We typically look at it as we don't want to lose the possibility of a good partner to be working with us over not having a spot for them. Sure. People are so much harder to come by than equipment. I mean, this year alone, we bought 10 or 12 new Caterpillar loaders. That's easy. We call them, we get a loan from the bank, we Mm -hmm. sign some paperwork. To find 10 or 12 real energetic, dedicated, and safe individuals, uh, that's that's a whole lot harder. So when we find one of those, we will actually start to structure the business around them. Excellent. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you for that, what's the best way to do so? Oh, yeah. Um, well, if you go to our website, it's extramilesnow.com. Uh, on, the, on the top, uh, I think top left, there's a button you can click that says join our team. And there's okay. a real short application you can fill out there. Uh, real simple. We kind of shorten it down to like half a page. And uh, you can do that. Uh, you can call us at 262-334-3011. But uh that's eventually going to get you back to having to fill out that application. <laughs> sure, certainly. Uh, excellent. Well, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on and I uh, hope you have a safe and profitable season and uh, have a happy holiday as well. Thank you. Thank you much. So could you tell? I could do a whole nother podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. It's about snow plowing, mowing lawns, killing weeds. All right. I'm going to go talk to Shanna right now and see if she's cool with me starting a fuzz plows the driveway podcast thanks again to aaron rodman of extra mile snow plowing in west bend and thank you for listening you can find the show on all the socials facebook instagram twitter at 15 with fuzz or visit 15 with fuzz.com subscribe on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts but pretty much everywhere that you listen to podcasts iHeartMedia, spreaker good pods we'll talk to you next monday right here on 15 minutes with fuzz